Alright, it seems like Restream is behaving, and it looks like we're ready to stream and do this whole YouTube thing, fellas. Greetings, everyone! I hope you're all doing well. Welcome to the greatest spectacle on Sunday nights, the Xbox Roundtable Podcast. The place on Sundays to kick back, pop a nice cold one, and discuss Xbox news and more from around the game industry. This is your host, Invader, and naturally, it's great to see you all here as you're all filing in. For tonight, we've got a few things to cover. Granted, it's not the most, like, big headline news during the past week, but there's still some nice bits to talk about. Uh, the first round of the Halo Infinite tech preview has uh, come and gone, and we'll, we'll give our impressions on it. As well, Xbox has announced a new indie game showcase. What do we expect to be there? Well, hey, we'll get into that as well. And you know what? It seems to be acquisition season. Embracer Group has acquired several different studios the past week. Do we expect more to follow soon? All this and, uh, you know, a couple of uh, other things to discuss. However, first, let me introduce my band of merry men here. Starting off with our guest from the Xbox Ultimate Show, please welcome back Mav. Hey, buddy, how you been? I've been excellent, man. Uh, I was super excited to see the invite uh, come my way to be here. Uh, I was able to be on the show one other time, and we had a lot of fun. So, hey, it, we got Halo to talk about, as you mentioned. So I'm all for that. And uh, also being here with this great group of guys here. So let, let's have some fun and talk Xbox. Yeah, they're okay. I mean, you know, that Centurion guy, we got to calm down every now and then. But, yeah, they're, they're, they're a pretty cool group. Uh, speaking of which, uh, let me introduce uh, my awesome panel here. And I will start off with a guy just named Centurion Buddy. Hey, what's new and exciting? Hey, what is going on, everybody? I hope we've all had our fruit tonight. It is definitely going to be a fun show. I don't know what's going on, though. I took some time off from Xbox to play Days Gone because I need to get that game out of my backlog. And I tuned into Twitter to check out everybody's joining the Halo uh, beta. And yeah, that was definitely interesting. We'll just say that was interesting tuning into Twitter this weekend. Mm -hmm. Yeah, by fruit, you mean Fruit Ninja, right? <laughs> uh fruit and yeah well dude oh my god you will talk about it if you want to well we'll, we'll get into it later because i know uh, it would just break down everything but we will definitely dive into that uh moving down the list here uh, tim hey how's it going bud good good happy to be here good guests uh great panel tonight uh we're a lot to talk about I'm ready to get into it so uh happy to be here and uh let's get to it well said, bud. Well said. Uh, Shockley, hey, what have you been up to? Yeah, not much. Uh, did dive into. I didn't. I didn't. Definitely didn't plan to like spend some of my days off this week messing around with like flight simulator. Mm -hmm. um, like I did like the initial day, like when it dropped. Um, but I was just having like you know fun, just like going back to like places where I lived, and like you can just like. It's just crazy how it, it literally scales in, like, real time, like, the, you know, the freaking Earth. It's it's just ridiculous. I was just messing around with different, like, planes. Um, and that's that's one really cool thing about that game. Mm -hmm. I'm sure traveling, like, you know, all over, you know, we definitely wish and hope we can do, you know, go to cool places, you know, throughout the time we're here. Um, but there, we know there's definitely, like, cities you're never going to see mm -hmm. just 
<laughs> but it's just crazy how you can like because I was literally like I live in uh, Indiana and I was like flying just past like the malls and like movie theaters and it's like a it has am you can you know I'm flying right past like our AMC movie theater that we go to all the time and just like it's just crazy how it maps out like pretty close uh, to what everything looks like even though it's you know might be a little like blurred when you get close you yeah. know close to the ground um but that and that's what i don't think gets too much credit because people are like oh look at this car model it looks kind of like it's you know a ps2 car or something when they're not they don't like until you actually play it and you're actually you know going you know over different terrain and especially like low to the ground and look at how it's scaling the entire earth <laughs> especially i was like flying around like a uh downtown like hollywood where i used to live and it's like mapping those canyons in real time you know there might be a few stutters here and there but it's just ridiculous how much terrain it's just mapping mm -hmm. on the fly like they've definitely outdid themselves with that and that thing's only going to get better mm -hmm. so definitely give it a try if like put it put it on easy it's easy to it's, if you can fly a plane on gta you can fly a plane on this <laughs> on the easy setting and just have fun with like just messing around or places you've never been, you can actually kind of experience it in real time mapped out, you know, what that city looks like. So it's, it's pretty cool. Um, but never played a flight simulator game before. So I, it, it was, I did not mean to waste so much time on it. I was like, man, I've been playing this for like two hours and <laughs> yeah, not doing anything, just like looking at the earth. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you, Eric, and I think MLD would uh, be in agreement with me, too, that you can just lose yourself in it. You don't mean to spend so much time in it, but you you just get more curious, just, like, going around and flying around. Like, oh, you know, I wonder if I can go here and there. Oh, I wonder if I can, uh, you know, uh, go to my old neighborhood and so on. And it's just, yeah, you know, just that curiosity really sparks something in you. Yeah, and I was showing my uh, spouse, like, where I, like, you know, I used to live when I was, like, and I could like actually show in, you know, mapped out exactly, you know, here's where I went to go, you know, for this class or like I can just show it's like you can show somebody around like a city used to live around with, you know, some what some of the smaller jet engine or uh, propeller planes in there. You can get pretty low and go at a slow speed. So it's kind of cool to do things like that. So, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, no, I hear you, man. Pretty cool game. I haven't had a lot of time with a flight simulator uh, previously, but uh, it is uh, surprising me and blowing me away in a lot of ways. Uh, and last but not least, MLD Man. Hey, how you been the past week? Hey, uh, good to be here. A lot of things to talk about here. Playing, uh, I was playing flight simulator, uh, basically just on and off casually. Like one day, you know, you got got some time to kill. You think of a certain place you want to see, so I just do that playing some uh, indie games on Game Pass. Uh, like a, it was a game called uh, Yes, Your Grace. It's like a medieval kingdom simulator. Like that, was, that actually surprised me. That was pretty fun. But I, overall, though, I've been keeping a close eye on the uh, on the Halo technical preview. Mm -hmm. uh, big Halo fan myself. And just it's really good seeing the community come together in a positive way and just how much 343, they finally got that sweet spot. So, but we'll get into that later. Just, yeah, good to be here, guys. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, uh, yeah, lots of lots of chatter about that, and uh, unfortunately, I was not able to get into that at least the first round. Anyways, hopefully uh, next time around, I'll be able to uh, give it a go because I am inching to get into that. Uh, but you know what? Uh, why don't we start by talking about it? Uh, talking some Halo guys, uh, our first topic, and it's been about a week since the conclusion of the first round of the technical preview or multiplayer beta, whatever you'd like to call it. And I've seen a lot of praise for it coming from all ends of the spectrum, whether it be uh, different uh, journalistic coverage, uh, players, fans, whatever you say. Just all around, there seems to be a lot of uh, good chatter about the game, a lot of positivity. Now, like, it's just like... Uh, a lot of people are missing it, I'm seeing. There's like a withdrawal from it. Um, I don't think any any other people on the TXR panel have been able to check it out. But Mav Buddy, Mr. Fun Speculation, I know that you did get a chance to spend some time with the techno technical preview. What did you think of it overall? Man, I uh, was loving my time with it. I was having a blast. And then I came across this basket of watermelons. And I just stopped in my tracks <laughs> and I just, I got so upset. I had to turn the game off and walk away from it. And I'm like, really gaming is like this today. Like, come on now, you know, no, nah, I'm kidding. Uh, wow. It, it was actually more than better than I ever thought it, it, it would be, be honest with you, because this was not even really supposed to be something that was going to get everybody talking. It was not really supposed to be something that was meant to like create this ultra hype, you know? Um, it was meant to be something to test their servers and, and we were playing against bots for the most part, right? Uh, there's only three maps that we got to try and they put them out in stages. They increased the bot difficulty level in stages and we only got about three hours of PVP. All right. But in 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 that time, everybody was having so much fun. For over a day, there was only one map that everybody was playing. One map. And I never even heard anybody complaining. People were playing in the same map over and over again for like eight hours straight in, in love with it, playing against bots, right? And if that doesn't tell you something... You know what I mean about what they've created with the feel of the multiplayer. Um, and when I go back and, and think about how it felt to play that, it felt like Halo 2, Halo 3, but fast. Right? With modernized. It didn't feel like 4 or 5, right? Uh, it had things from 5, you know, but it had the feeling of 2 and 3. And if you're like a Halo purist, then you know what I'm talking about, right? It's that freedom of movement. It's that always being able to shoot. It's that melee grenade shoot skill, right? It, it nailed it. They nailed the movement. The maps, personally, felt like instant classics to me. They felt like Halo maps, not like Halo 4 maps, not like Halo 5 maps. Mm -hmm. It felt like Halo maps, right? They were the right size. They had the right look. Right. Um, they just everything about this was pretty spot on. They're like if if you want to get nitpicky, there's definitely nitpicky things to go over with. Right. But as far as the success of, of this 
flight, not only did it work for them what they needed to get the information for, you know, uh, finding new bugs or testing the servers and all this stuff, but it did something else. It actually, it, it, it ramped that hype up that I, they already had this momentum that they got at E3. And it just jacked it up to 11. All because right. all you saw on Twitter, right. besides the person complaining about watermelons, <laughs> was just all out wow. You know, like this was what people wanted from Halo. Uh, so I'm super happy with it. Like the the movement, the gunplay, maps, um, the 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 systems they've created for the free to play look like they're going to work. You know, um, it, like as a Halo fan, it's refreshing, super refreshing to see. Mm-hmm. Now, let's say, how do I put it? So I mean, there's a lot of things we could go over. Uh, what was your uh, favorite? new weapon would you say because uh, they had a few uh, new ones on trial there oh so they had the what was it the the command uh, they the had the commando yeah. that, that's what it's called i think yeah, um the commando had the, the skewer the bulldog yeah bulldog yeah right? the skewer um geez they they had i think that for me it was the commando Mm-hmm. It took it took a little while getting used to because that game that I mean that uh, gun scoped in is is kind of like well it's all over the place right so you got to get adjusted to that so mm-hmm. um, if you if you unscope it and you just use it like you know um, like you would a battle rifle without the scope you know you just kind of aim for the head it that gun is a beast mm-hmm. so you gotta you gotta get familiar with it gotta get used to it. But the commando is 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 a beastly gun. Uh, the needler though it feels new. It feels like refreshed, right? Mm-hmm. Like they they brought the power back to it, so it feels like a legit power weapon now. You know, um, there there's just a lot of things that they did. There was um, the heat, something called the heat wave. Yes, right. That was a really cool gun too because it has two firing modes. You can do a vertical, vertical, and that's like more if you're shooting against like one target, right? And it'll do maximum damage if you line up the shot right. Or you can do a horizontal shot where it's more forgiving with your aim, but also it's going to do less damage. So if you're aiming at multiple enemies or if you're if you're going for, um, hey, the guy's kind of far away or whatever, you want to make sure you get a hit or, you know, he's like one one shot, you know. Um, it's really smart how they did a lot of these things. With the aim down sights, with the sprint, they, they got a lot of the, those factors right. Um they're, 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 like I said, there's some nitpicky things you could go over with, you know. But um, as far as the guns go, like I, I can't really find too much. Um, I know that Three Bit, who's on our show mm-hmm. on Fridays, was talking about the um, aim assist. It seems like they kind of took it completely away, mainly because this is crossplay, right? Um, with PC, and uh, you don't really need it for the most part. But for some guns, it kind of you can really feel it. Right, especially like the sniper rifle mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So playing with the controller can kind of take some getting used to there. Um, also, the uh, this is some, from my wife. Uh, when you drop, when the enemies when you kill them, they drop a grenade. They kind of have this like orange glow under them, and uh, for her and also for another guy that's a huge Halo fan that uh, I'm friends with uh, named Jasper. Uh, 
when that when those grenades drop and you see that orange glow, it just ma- 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 immediately uh, makes you think, oh no, live grenade, right? So you like want to jump away, but it's just like a light under the grenade for some reason. So uh, that would be something that they could change. Mm-hmm. Um, I did hear about some. Uh, a lot of people didn't like the outline, like the color outline of the player models. As well, well, that's customizable too, so you can choose what color you want. So I saw a lot of people cho- changing the colors, and mm-hmm. the reason they did that is so that way there's no more just blue and red, right? Mm-hmm. So because one thing, this is going to be free to play, right? So you're going to be one of the ways they're going to make money on this game is by selling things like coatings for the armor, yeah, to for paint like paint, you know, uh, like st- customized style, all these different things, right? And most people play a lot of Team Slayer and, and modes like that. And if every game you're in, you're either blue or red, it takes away all the customization that you spent on your Spartan, right? For me, it didn't bother me whatsoever. I think it could just depend on uh, certain colors that certain people may um, not be used to. But for me, I, I, I actually preferred it. Um, I saw some people changing the colors, though. Um, that was interesting. Like I saw one guy change the enemies to yellow mm-hmm. outlines, and they stood out like glaringly. So I was actually considering doing that. You know? I heard it um, was also helping uh, people that were colorblind because they can kind of flip yeah, it to the can, color that they can maybe distinctly see better, and it's easier yes. than just like when they were just like blue or or red, just and that was it. So mm-hmm. that's what I've heard as well from some people in the community. Yeah, I that that I've I've heard some people. You know, there's like some ultra Halo purists that want absolutely nothing to change, right? They just want Halo Two or Halo Three remade. You know what I mean? But like this is this has all the feel, but it does it does a lot of things in a modern way to make it um, uh, feel new at the same time, right? So. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the, like there's just little things, man. But really, it's hard. It's hard to pick anything. That's why you know the haters are picking on watermelons. You know, like it's just not much. So does that mean that the bizarre map is your favorite because of the fruit? <laughs> bizarre map is actually my favorite. Yes. Oh. <laughs> uh, but not because of the fruit. But it is because of the courtyard. Mm. It, it has. It, it kind of has this like Halo Two vibe on that yes. map for me. So. Uh, I, I I instantly saw that map and I fell in love and I love the layout of it. They got this, the courtyard in the middle. You got the rocket launcher that's sitting right up on the, on the top of that ledge, right? So immediately when it was PvP, it was a race for the rockets, you know, between both uh, both parties, right? So it was uh, absolutely a blast. Uh, but you man, you felt it when it went live, right? Oh. Against PvP because. You know, the one the one thing I if I, I was to say something, the the highest level bots they had, the Spartan bots, I think they need to amp the difficulty up on those suckers a little bit because there was a definite increase between the easy or what they or not the easier, but they're they're uh, Marine and ODST. Right. Hmm. There's a definite jump there. Right. But from ODST to Spartan, there wasn't as big of a gap. Um, you could tell like there was a little bit of adjustments with the style that the Spartan bots played with, but ultimately they weren't that much harder. Like the scores were about the same. Like we never lost a match to bots, you know? Um, it would be nice if Spartan bots could put forth a challenge to seasoned Halo players. 
Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. If they could manage to make that happen. Yeah. Now, how did you feel about the uh, equipment, the the pick, the, the the kind that you know that you can uh, pick up during uh, the maps? How would you uh, like that returning? Uh, I liked it because it's within the map. It's not like loadouts, right? So it's like a, mm-hmm. you know, you know where it is. You pick it up. But it's kind of like they treated it kind of like they would have used to with the overshield and 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 busy. And stuff like that. Like you, you keep your eye on it, you know where it is, and then you pick it up. If it's not there, it's because somebody else got it. So um, I've always liked Halo more when things are on the map as opposed to you showing up with it, right? Because it's, that's a, a battle for the map is kind of what Halo's always been about, right? So if, you, mm-hmm. if you're a seasoned team and if you control the power weapons, usually you're going to have the advantage, right? So yeah. you can you can take that approach with these uh, abilities too, but the abilities respawn a little bit more frequently, and they're usually more available to get. And I find that usually I had one with me, right? right? So it was uh, different. It's going to be interesting to see like the different uses you can do with everything. The grapple shot was insane. <laughs> I was about Absolutely to say amazing. I was about to say I saw people do some. Uh... Pretty crazy things, uh, you know, yeah. tr- go, trying to uh, go into areas where uh, they're not allowed to at the moment. But uh, you just like I saw some really crazy combos with the rocket launcher and whatnot and the grapple shot. Uh, yeah, really. Did cool. you see the one? Did you see the one where the they're kind of back to back and one guy grappled, uh, I guess, the building from across and the other guy behind him grappled his teammate and then shot the kind of leapfrogged him for a second and then mm-hmm. with the his movement shot off the rocket and like nailed the target on the other side i thought that part was pretty cool but people were just going people were going nuts with some of the they kept trying to do like trick things with the uh, grapple and we're like finally nailing it so those were pretty cool to see is it going to be nuts once they start uh once forge releases and oh, people man. start doing trick shots and stuff with that yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's gonna That's be the high crazy. school ceiling. Looks like it. Mm-hmm. Um. So, like earlier today or yesterday, I, I can't remember when it got posted, but you had talked about uh, fruit, <laughs> uh, Mav, and somebody was uh, complaining about uh, what was it? It, it was on Bazaar, right? Uh, they were complaining about yeah. what was it, the, the fruit models or something. We got to talk about this. So there was two different posts right after the Halo beta was super popular. There was somebody that posted a video. They actually went and took the time to make a video of somebody shooting individual watermelons in a basket in Call of Duty. Right. <laughs> and then compared it to shooting the watermelons in the basket in Halo, right? And in Halo, they're kind of like one thing that looks like a bunch of watermelons. So when you blow it up, it just they all disappear. But in, in Call of Duty, because because Call of Duty is so modern, right? <laughs> the, the the watermelons are individuals, right? So you can <laughs> blow up each one. So to this person that means Call of Duty is superior to Halo because of the watermelons. Um, <laughs> and then there was another post where somebody was comparing the hand animations on Reload, um, saying how out, how dated Halo's like pistol reload mechanic was. That one got a lot of attention, too. You know and how I, many people would bash the living shit out of 
that sniper that they showed off. If they put that sniper in this game, the Halo community would trash this game to oblivion. Yeah. <laughs> like, it took them, like, five seconds to reload. And it's just not practical. That's not what no, Halo is. It- it's not practical. You have these little grunts. And, all, like, the whole world is not practical. It never has been. The Ractal physics. Yeah. That's not what <laughs> yeah. this is. It's a space it's- war. Exactly. <laughs> the sniper is made for it to just pop off rapidly. Yeah. Yeah, it, it just um, shows how low-hanging fruit, no pun intended, uh, that people are reaching for. <laughs> like, if these are the biggest problems, then I think Halo is in pretty good shape. <laughs> oh, yeah. It, so, it just goes to this, like, everything-has-to-be-compared mentality, right? Like, some people are just always looking for something to point out, right? It has to be something. And for Halo, for some reason, it's been Call of Duty, right? That they always point against. But does any Halo fan want Halo to be more like Call of Duty? Nope. If you ask any Halo, you're going to get very few yeses in that question. If you go poll every actual Halo fan, that's Mm -hmm. just not something that Halo fans want. Does anybody playing in a multiplayer match in Halo, when they're shooting each other, having fun, trying to win the game, stop and look, hmm, when I accidentally shot that basket of watermelons, only one of them should have disappeared. No, that doesn't happen. That's like, that's why they didn't even bother. Like, there's certain, you can pay attention to detail where it's necessary, and I would say, for some games, it may be more important to do little detail things like that, right? Um, in some games, it's not. And in, in fact, I would say most games, it's not, mm-hmm. right? It, it depends on the type of game you're making. It depends on where the developer wants to put their resources and spend their time, with the artist, what they would rather spend their time on. Things like hand animations, things like um baskets of fruit are pretty relevant in a multiplayer map in a match you know and it, it really there's, there's nothing the, you can really pick apart about the hand animations thing i don't even know what they were talking about i think it was 30 frames per second <laughs> that's what it was okay uh, what was that uh, on yeah. the one no, uh, the supposedly animations on some of the animations, uh, Alex Battaglia of uh, Digital Foundry said uh, that some of the animations are 30 frames per second and he'd really like it to be fixed. It's supposedly going to be fixed. It's distracting, he said. But mm-hmm. Well, it is like a months old build anyways. Like, yeah, it's technical yeah, preview. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, I mean, listen, I mean, the overall reception as we you know talked about was tremendous uh the stuff that we're talking about now is, is kind of humorous and stuff that uh you know came along after the initial you know response uh you know uh so i wouldn't you know i don't think we're putting any credence into it it's more more or less we're having fun with it because it's so silly but yeah overall um you know, I know for a fact that the three four three team has been very motivated by the response, and uh, it was like a you know a shot in the arm for them because if you remember, 
last year at this time was a very dire time for them. They were getting bashed, Craig, mm. uh, you know, 343 was getting, you know, joked about the, the delay was announced, um, <clears throat> you know, which was, you know, really big news. And it was, uh, you know, it, it was a hard time for them. So, you know, they went with this year, you know, delay, which, to be honest, was the smartest thing that they could have done. Because you could still see, there's still some work to be done. Um, but they're in a very good state right now. But if they had tried to push this out six months or try to push it out, you know, multiplayer first, campaign second at the holiday, uh, it would have really kind of hurt the experience. Being that they they did what they did, they got this response that they've got. Um, you know, like really, everyone was was really happy about it. The only you know gr uh, gripes I heard was now people say you know it can't survive because it's not a battle royale. But uh, I heard for the longest time, Halo fans and Halo diehard multiplayer fans, that's the last thing that they want is a battle royale. Um, so. Um, that, I thought that was funny, but overall, yeah, the 314 uh, is very motivated, and this has been a huge success uh, just basically from the response. You know, these things go two ways. You know, fans are very critical either way, um, but if they enjoy it the way they did, like people, uh, you know, explaining, you know, he was explaining that it was just people playing one map and they were satisfied. Uh, it really goes to show you how good or that, what the potential that's there for this. So uh, being that it's free to play, um, we were talking about that too. Um, I think pre-show, it's going to be huge, man. I, I mean, I think probably the first couple of days will be rough, I'm going to be honest, because you're just going to have such, so many people trying to get into play. They're going to be swamped. Um, yeah, they're gonna be swamped, uh, and usually, more more or less, they you know it takes a day or two for either, you know, any big time you know multiplayer game to really catch their feet. So, uh, I do see a real you know uh, a big big numbers the first week, and um, yeah, it's just it's just good that they went with the year delay, and now you're starting to see things pay off. Mm -hmm. Now, Tim, you brought up Digital Foundry, and if I remember correctly, last year, like you said, you know, they got, you know, they got a real shit kicking because of the uh, Halo Infinite reveal, and uh, things weren't uh, going as planned, right? And they had to delay everything. And Digital Foundry had come out and analyzed everything, and well, it wasn't very good. Well, this time around, Digital Foundry did uh, some tests across the uh, the technical preview on. Uh, all the uh, platforms available and they had a lot of praise and good things to say about uh, playing the game on well most of the pro most of the platforms really uh, the resolution and uh, scaling for like the Xbox Series X the targeted 4k uh, they said it performed pretty well. The Series S ran smoothly, targeting the 1080p, you know, with only minor dips at uh, 60 frames uh, per second performance, which, you know, that's pretty good, man. Like, that's, uh, you know, that's uh, really impressive there. And even the Xbox One version, guys, I don't know if you guys had, uh, 
like watched uh, Digital Foundry's video or uh, read their articles about on the matter. But the Xbox One versions were running the game well fairly decently at the cost of while losing different uh, shadowing, like graphical effects, less environmental detail, like different kinds of, uh, you know, different things like on the ground, on the walls, like a little bit of blurriness in the background. But otherwise, I mean, the game. So they had less performing. NPCs. <laughs> oh, wait, wrong game, wrong game. My bad, wrong game. <laughs> well, you know what I mean, Centurion. Like, it's, No, I get uh, it, yeah. Yeah, there's got to be a sacrifice, and I'm sorry if you're playing on a base Xbox One. I don't think you're looking for shadows and ambient inclusions or reflections. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, we all knew that something had to give with regards to uh, the older hardware, but uh, it, I don't know. Like I was looking at different comparison screens, and really, it looked pretty good overall. Like. Uh, Again, like, I'm I'm not saying I tout Digital Foundry all the time, but, like, for an outlet like this to come out and uh, give a game praise that they were crapping on before, a year before, I mean, that's, uh, yeah, that's a pretty good sign, I would say. Anyways, they're, if they're winning over those guys, then, uh, you know, good on 343. I like, Centurion, do you think that uh, 343 is getting some uh, deserved uh, love and feedback now? from all the uh, improvements and the technical uh, preview? Oh, definitely. I mean, the, let's just say the mood and the general conversation about 343 and the state of Halo 3 is a total 180 from where it was this time last year. Um, they definitely kind of... Uh, they kind of weathered the storm, took their blows, and now here they are. We're about to have Halo Infinite released on us all. I've been hearing nothing but praise come out of the uh, social, no matter where you go in social media, where, where they're talking about gaming, uh, everybody's talking about the Halo Infinite multiplayer beta, and it's starting to give me reminiscing of Halo 3 from back in that day when everybody was just sitting around talking about wanting to play the multiplayer or talking to those who did play the multiplayer. Uh, I'm totally looking forward to it. And 343, um, I really hope they keep this momentum going. And I really hope also at the same time, you know, how can I say? I hope this changes the mood inside the company because I'm, let's face it, you don't have the world kick the crap out of you and talk all this smack without it kind of messing with the morale a little bit in the building. And now we're getting nothing but praise for them. So I really hope this boosts things and kind of really helps get things cranking over there to where we're going to have a really, really great launch and with little to no hiccups. Hopefully the only thing we got to worry about is how long we got to wait to uh, get into a server. Oh yeah. Well, well, hopefully we have a another preview not too uh, f not too far from now. I am dying to uh, get into this and try it out. From all the stuff that Mav was saying, from the new weapons, maps. I'm even curious about the bots. But again, people were talking about how difficult the bots were to fight against, and uh, that kind of makes me wonder if the AI is uh, good with these bots. Like, how is it going to be in the campaign too? Right? Like, Halo's always been known for really good AI. And I've been a really big proponent of uh, AI getting better in games as time goes on. So uh, 
Oh, I'm just I'm really curious to see how that uh, how that goes with uh, if that ties into the Halo campaign with the AI and uh, I don't know, there's a lot of things that I'm curious about and excited for uh, again diehard Halo fan here and I just I'm I'm I really want to try this sucker out and I see a lot of people in the chat just waiting to play this game as well I want it in my hands guys I want it um, d does anyone else have anything to add before we move on I. I think this will be the biggest Halo out of all of them. Uh, off the top of my memory here, Halo 3 launched with uh, over 3 million copies uh, on its opening weekend. Sold about, what, 12 million, 13 million lifetime? Mm -hmm. I think this game will have no problems reaching that many players in a fraction of the time. Again, I say players, not sales, because, you know, Game Pass being on uh, PC as well, like all the all the, the the various platforms this game will be available on, the launch will be the biggest. People compare it to Halo Five, saying like uh, there's there's it's all baseless. Halo Five was on a, a one console with uh, you know with had had its market share problems, PR problems. Xbox Series X does not have that issue. Xbox is so much more than just a console now. If it's going to be huge, and uh, I think. Uh, the, the, the little things it does, I think even bots, it's like people have been asking for that for so long. And this that feature will only get better with time. Uh, some people are even speculating that it may even get like, you know how uh, Forza has like the AI that it's based off of uh, players? Like that may happen with uh, with Halo AI uh, bots one day. Who knows? I think it's in its infancy, but it's really good that they even did it in the first place. Uh, and yeah, overall, yeah. just... It's just, it's bringing the community together. It's so many different ways. Halo Three multiplayer was my favorite, mm. but I'm also like I'm also like a, a pro sprinter too. I, I adapted with the times, and it looks like they got the right balance. I think it's only like like a ten percent increase when you choose to sprint. So it's not really that big of a deal, but you still get that feat. I think it it does. It's the best way to please both sides. It finally ended the civil war between the sprinters and the no sprinters. I think I, their I, main I, issue was like when you sprinted in the old games, you couldn't shoot. And yes. that's where mm -hmm. kind of like if you sprinted, you were dead because yes. then someone when you ran into somebody, you couldn't shoot and then you're you couldn't even do anything. Um, so I think that was their main gripe. I think they've solved that. So you I'm pretty sure you can shoot. Yeah, you I can. Put, OK, yeah. you, you can't um, shoot while right. sprinting. But oh, okay. when you the second you stop sprinting, there's no delay anymore. Oh, like, OK, but yeah, beforehand, when you were sprinting, you got a, a huge speed boost. But when you stopped, you were a sitting duck. You couldn't even barely turn. There was this long animation of pulling your gun back out to getting like ready. OK, and now I'm in normal mode almost. It was like, yeah, uh, yeah really, <laughs> it, it made you feel cumbersome, right? And heavy and slow. Even though the game was faster because you could sprint, when you weren't sp sprinting in Halo 5, it was like you were in mud, right? So you yeah. felt the need you had to be sprinting, and then when you stopped, it was, okay, crap, I'm going to get killed because I ran into somebody that wasn't sprinting. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. um, with this, it's the sprint option is there, and the way they penalize you for it is because when you sprint now, you show up on the radar, Right. So when you're moving normal speed, you don't show up on the radar, which is different from the previous Halos mm -hmm. where you had to crouch walk or um, not move, right? That was the only ways of not showing up on the radar before. Now now sprinting makes you show up and shooting, right? Yeah. So that makes it even more interesting. So that's your penalty. 
and also you know you you can't do it while while sprinting so yeah. so I, like i get yeah it's perfect they they absolutely nailed it because i was like you i was like no no sprinting no aim down sights right but even the aim down sights is like traditional halo right but it tricks people because they remap the default controls to left trigger and it's still got the like halo 5 style um aim down sights right where, where it's but like the battle rifle you know it's scoped you know the, the commando it's scoped the sniper it's scoped the that you're not looking down like the pistol in front of your face, looking down the trigger, the hair triggers, right? Like it, they, they, they did everything smartly with the, with the aim down sights with with the sprint to where it's like modernizing it, but it's not making it Call of Duty, right? So yep. the, the, yeah, they, they nailed it. They did it. it. Somehow they did it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's a, I think that's what's important to a lot of. Uh... Old Halo fans, it's just Halo retaining its identity. Halo's always been Halo does well when it does its own thing, so I'm just happy to see that, and uh, I just can't wait to see the the whole package uh, when this all launches. Uh, campaign, multiplayer. I'll admit I've never been a big Forge guy, but I'm I'm still really curious to see what they have planned for that. I know a lot a lot of uh, Forgers out there, so. Uh, you know, there's a lot to look forward to there, and uh, frankly, I'm very curious about about uh, Firefight too. So, yeah, know, I love that mode. But uh, you know, I'm sure uh, time will tell. Uh, we're only a few months away from launch, and uh, a couple of more flights from the looks of things, and uh, we should have more info drops very, very soon. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to it. A whole bunch of the guys in the chat are. And, yeah, I mean, I think this panel is pretty conclusive that uh, Halo's back, baby. And uh, cannot wait to play that sucker. All right, fellas, I think uh, we'll move on to some other news now. And uh, Xbox has announced a brand new ID at Xbox indie game showcase for August 10th. So that's only a couple of days away, so pretty close. <laughs> this is, again, in partnership with Twitch, and from the sounds of things, there will be quite a few uh, new titles revealed, as well as some uh, that we seem to have known about. Centurion, what are your thoughts on this showcase? Uh, what do you think we'll see here? Uh, I think we'll, uh, I mean, obviously we'll see some new stuff, but uh, do you think we'll hear about some games that we haven't heard about in a while? Well, we should hope so. I mean, the the game that is MIA right now, we got Scorn, we've got Crossfire that could be potentially considered an MIA. I mean, there's a good deal of games that have been mentioned a few times over that went very radio silent for about past year, year and a half, two years. I mean, I'm kind of curious on where some of these games are. I've been I was looking forward to them at the event back in March. Um, didn't see him there, but ironically though, they did appear in the roadmap for game pass of 2021. Remember seeing that little image of all the games that are slated for 2021 and beyond. And you mm-hmm. saw scorn actually on that list. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember seeing that roadmap there and, uh, yeah, scorn has just been a very elusive title. It's one of those ones that everyone is very curious about, even if you're not like a huge, uh, like kind of scary game horror fan at the same time 
it's just it's a very curious game and when it got announced everybody was like what the heck is that at that third party event over a year ago and yeah it's it, as far as i know it's still on track to come out this year but uh wouldn't it be nice if it had a a release date around like halloween or like a week or two before that would be pretty sweet huh i think that would be a very good time for it because um Scorn is one of those games where there is a lot of confusion when it comes to what it is because of the fact that it has air quotation marks gunplay. Um, but that's it's actually more of like survival horror. It's not first person sh- uh, shooter. It's not supposed to be like Doom. Um, and it's oh, my gosh, who was the uh, base did the art for Alien H.R. Gregor? Yeah, that's Gregor? correct. Yep. Uh, um, so the, a lot of the artwork in the game was based off of his artwork that he kind of helped kind of give rise to the original alien movie. And definitely it'd be a very, very, very good showpiece for Halloween. But that game right there, I mean, depending on who you watch on YouTube, there's some people out there that are starting to almost declare the game a scam just because of uh, the situation of how it's been funded, and I mean, literally, it's an its development has been a roller coaster ride. Uh, but we've seen a number of games actually this year that were considered um, somewhat under the guise of a scam. Uh, Atomic Heart all of a sudden made an appearance on the Xbox show, which mm-hmm. totally kind of silenced a lot of those uh, those rumors about atomic heart. So I'm really hoping we get something on scorn, at least in August, that would kind of give everybody something that this game still does exist and is on track to at least being released into the public sometime. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, there, yeah, there are a lot of question marks. Um, Obviously, uh, at the Annapurna event, uh, what, last week, I believe it was, the Artful Escape got shown off, and it's coming to uh, Xbox, Xbox Game Pass day one, I believe, in September, if I'm not mistaken, and uh, that one's been turning a lot of heads. Actually, it's been on the Xbox roadmap for a couple of years now, so, like, at least three or four, because I remember, I think it was announced back at, like, E3 2016, something like that. So, I know a lot of people who are pumped to play that, only uh, about a month away. Uh, The Gunk, guys. The Gunk is another title that uh, we haven't heard a lot about, but it's an Xbox uh, exclusive, and uh, people are just kind of wondering, hey, you know, where's that uh, that game? Uh, Tunic. I don't know if anybody here is interested in that. We had a demo for it uh, a couple of months back. I thought it was pretty cool. It's very... Zelda like in a lot of ways old school Zelda so you're not I'm not the only person who thought when uh, Zelda Link's Awakening mm-hmm. yeah that's what I thought yes okay uh, I thought it was cool yeah I mean just to jump in here I see the uh, Artful Escape that is coming September 9th uh, to Game Pass uh, as far as this upcoming show I, I honestly what I like most about it is just their dedication to independent developers as we know uh sony's been um getting criticized because of their lack of interest or their lack of focus Mm. seemingly on independent developers and you know i remember the start of last gen xbox was really getting killed because they didn't have their idea uh at xbox um up and running and they were in the process of getting it going 
in 2013 at the launch of the Xbox. So everyone was saying, oh, well, Xbox turned their back and they got such negative, uh, you know, you know, responses and such negative coverage on this. Um, and meanwhile, Sony being Sony sees the opportunity and they were saying, you know, we love Indies and they had, you know, uh, you know, had really come to the forefront for, for independent developers. And they, and they, you know, they, I, they said that, you know, they're all about it and this and that, uh, fast forward to this gen, uh, it's clear who is really pushing the envelope for independent developers and, you know, just these shows and these updates, uh, while they have, you know, they'll have some information that's, you know, pretty big and it's nice to have, but, you know, most of all, it's smaller games and stuff like that. It's just nice that they have this commitment and they're showing these games off. And, yeah, you'll probably get some Game Pass uh, news and you'll get some uh, surprises uh, this coming show um, because Xbox is as you know, and and Chris Charla, shout out to him. You know, we got to get him on the sh- on this show one day mm-hmm. to talk about his work um, and and his team's work. I mean, ID at Xbox is just absolutely killing it, and um, just their just their focus on getting games into Game Pass. Uh, even if they if, if they're not a part of ID of Xbox, they're just you know day one uh, on on Xbox uh, the multiplat or whatever. Uh, on Game Pass, it's still incredible value, um, and I'll go into a game that you know that that uh, later on, probably when we talk about games, but but a game I've been playing, Dodgeball Academia, that just came out of nowhere, and you know uh, you know you just mentioned the Artful Escape, which mm-hmm. actually looks really cool. Um, you know these are smaller games, but it's so cool to have them in Game Pass, and it's just so cool that Xbox. As we know, has a, a bold commitment to AAA games, as we talk about probably every week, you know, and we'll talk about this week too with the acquisition talk and stuff like that. Yeah. But you know, they're also, you know, they're at the forefront with independent developers, and and it's just great to see, and 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 I love that they do these shows. You know, very small but nice gathering, and they have. They have good. They have good announcements. The last one was really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Like I'm just going through a list right now of titles. Lake that's supposed to be coming uh, sometime. Uh, there was a delay. I remember uh, announced last week. That's XO One. That uh, I believe it's a free to play uh, multiplayer game. I remember everybody was going crazy because it was like Alexo uh, Mecca. Yeah, XO. Or sorry, Exo Mecha. Yeah, sorry. Um, it's like a yeah, it's uh, like a crazy uh, like mech game where you ha- I don't know. It's, it's like all over the place with like different abilities, giant mechs. I think I saw like a dragon mech or something. It's like really crazy, but graphically it's really impressive and it looks like a lot of fun. That one got pushed back into twenty twenty two. We also looking forward to Echo Generation. I think that still has yet to be released. Uh, I know it's made by a Canadian indie studio. Uh, still a lot of high profile ones. I believe somebody brought up Crossfire X as well. Um, and then you, there's even like some some people don't even consider these indies, but like we still haven't uh, like uh, Warhammer uh, Dark Tide. 
the co-op game it's it got delayed until next year as well will we be seeing some new gameplay for that well that's always a possibility i know i would love to hear more about that title the snowboarding game shredders is supposed to come out at the end of uh, the year as well maybe we'll hear some uh we'll see some more gameplay for that and you know there, there's a lot of uh a lot of stuff a lot of stuff at xbox's end and we have to be very like it's just amazing like the the shift from where we were again like going back to last generation to this generation like tim was saying you know chris charla and the people at id at xbox doing some really really awesome things and uh gathering all this talent towards the platform do you think cuphead hits uh, next year oh DLC. the <laughs> dlc that's been <laughs> oh my god the they took, they, took, they took a vac- they made a million and took a vacation. Well, remember they had the Netflix show and everything in development. Like they've been doing a lot of things like branding that game. <laughs> um I have no idea because that was supposed to come out I think as far back as what last year and then, you know, like anything else it got delayed, which I have no problem with, but they've been very quiet on it, so I'm just mm-hmm. kind of I don't know. <laughs> well, you have to realize, I think it was, what, two or three people that really made uh, Cuphead. They might have a little bit more now, mm-hmm. but, you know, they just might be exploring other avenues of, you know. Hopefully, Cug- we find out they made Cuphead 2 and not just that DLC. Hopefully, that yeah. like they did last time, it was like, delay, delay. Yeah. Oh, we actually added all these other platform levels to it. I That's was about to say. Yeah, yeah. They, they, the, the story of Cuphead was weird because it, it showed itself. People fell in love with it. I remember playing it in two thousand, I think uh, fifteen E three, and it was okay. And when it came out, I believe in two thousand seventeen, uh, it was a vastly different game. They really, you know, they really changed a lot of stuff, and they made it much better. Um, I just think that right now that they're it's the IP of just Cuphead and just the you know the, the property of that uh, is probably highly lucrative. Like you said, there was a show on Netflix. They're probably exploring all types of uh, avenues, and um, you know maybe some are more lucrative than others, and that might be the reason why the Cuphead uh, got is such you know because I was thinking about that the other day. They announced that I think in 2019 on the Xbox uh, E3. Actually, it might have been sh- 18 to be honest with you, Tim. Was it 18? Yeah, it was a real long time ago. Yeah, I think it's supposed and, to come out 2019. Yeah. Yeah, so they're you know uh, they're a wild card, uh, but yeah, they they have to make a, another Cuphead. It would be a huge hit. I mean that, or at least then. I'm sure Xbox would buy up that studio or buy up that IP because Cuphead, just in general, um, even though it was a great game, the, yeah. there's something there's something um, there's something to be said about just the the intellectual property. Uh, you know, it's just really cool art, really cool. Uh, you know, characters. You know, you, he. You know, Cuphead could be a face of of Xbox if, if they you know there was time when you know there was no games at the time for Xbox this was so so you know yeah. deprived it was like Forza of games. and Cuphead that year. Yeah and yeah. Cuphead was had a like you know this little small game 
and it did well. It scored 90 on the Metacritic and came close, and, you know, it held its own. And, uh, you know, they went multi-plat, and they said they would never, but then they went to PlayStation, and they went to PC. I'm sure they went to Switch, right? Yeah, they did. Uh, so they, they explored all those avenues. I'm just wondering what they're exploring. They, 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 who knows? They might just, at this point, they might just, cook the dlc and just like you said make a, a cuphead too it is interesting with all these uh indies how they just one after the other keep you know joining game pass as their launching uh point for the xbox platform um i think that's kind of like a real edge with xbox because they, they like the other platforms like playstation they'll go on they'll hit those platforms but they kind of use they give kind of you know, Xbox gamers kind of the benefit of like, hey, yeah, just try our game on the service you already have. Cool, we got a bag from Microsoft, and then then the then that kind of boosts the sales on like PlayStation and other platforms because it just gets more word of mouth out there of people like, hey, did you try this game? Cool. Oh, you have a PlayStation? Well, yeah, just buy it. You know, because you can't get Game Pass. So then it boosts their sales overall, but it benefits Xbox gamers and. And it seems like they keep doing it one after the other. Hades, like all these other cool games that are just coming straight to Game Pass, and they see it, you know, as a, a big success. So yeah, you it's pretty cool. If they keep doing that, it's yeah. going to be awesome. Where it's like you just have flooded with indies that supports Game Pass in between those weeks where there's not an Xbox first party game, and then Xbox gamers benefit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry, you were saying something, MLD? Oh, no, I was just saying, like, it's just it's just amazing, like, how the Xbox seemed to crack the code on this. Like, devs, indie devs, which are traditionally tight on cash, they get paid for exposure. Usually, it's you, you pay for exposure, but now it's like they take money on the table and their sales increase even more. Like, it's just, it's, it's a no-brainer. Like, we said this last week. It's just it's Xbox looking after the little guy. It's it's free PR. It's it's so simple and it's just it's win win for everybody involved. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, it's good that we have what we have three showcases this week. We have what QuakeCon, Gamescom, where a- Xbox is there. But they own, but they also on top of that they they make a show again for the little guy. Like they're covering all their bases and. Like Xbox, it's just a really, really a big improvement here. Like I'm loving what this side of Xbox. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now it's been brought up a few times that I mean the show did go well. The last one, uh, the first indie showcase back in March, uh, it did have a lot of nice or a few nice announcements. Uh, however, I remember the commentary about it being, and I think this has to do a lot with uh, the Twitch streamers that. Uh, uh, that they had on that uh, again because it's done uh, in partnership with Twitch that everything was just kind of uh, go it ran a little too long from what I remember like didn't it go on for like six seven hours something like that yes it, it was like uh, four hours I think but the weird thing was is they did like okay here's uh, 15 20 minutes of games then here's 20 minutes of an interview Mm-hmm. with a de- indie dev then let's take a break then yeah. here's 20 minutes of games then there's a 20 minute interview then let's take a break so like they i think pacing was cool terrible for what it, it what it what it was but i don't think they really 
had the they needed to set clear expectations i think possibly with people because there's a lot of streamers and stuff that were planning on doing like live streams for that and it was just kind of un uh unstreamable event really you know because you like it's just too long lots of downtime and uh so there was a lot of complaining about that stuff however the meat and potatoes of it was great because if you just take all the stuff that they showed and focus on it there was really good stuff at that showcase right um mm-hmm. so maybe they learned a little bit with how they presented it the last time uh for this or this show and maybe they didn't they're gonna do the exact same thing and they're just saying this is what we're doing and that's cool either way at least now people can kind of have it have an understanding of what it's going to be but um yeah the games stood out you know they're in a really good place and even at e3 what they they announced that replaced game yes Right. Uh, that stood out. Everybody's like, whoa. And then there was one more that had the aliens and stuff where it kind of looked like inside in a way. But it was like there's a oh, Somerville. Oh, the uh, yeah, that one. Yeah. yeah, that one stood out a lot. So that you got I mean, you guys are right. There's a lot. There's a lot to show. Um, there's a lot coming. I wouldn't be surprised if the gunk or, or scorn or any of these other games get moved to next year. Um, for one reason or another, they just there's so much already in 2021. The, in these next four months, um, I I think almost like it's gonna potentially uh, these games are not gonna have as much of a chance if they if they're coming out in November, right? If they're coming out in like late October, right? Yeah. Like. Uh, the these type of games are great for these like fill in times and mm-hmm. the fact that we're not getting haven't gotten them recently or getting them very soon leads me to think that maybe they should maybe go ahead and be you know early 2022 or something like that because um man there's like no letting up right now it's uh, we tough just gotta, we, it, it is you can't i can't keep up we've got the ascent uh, last stop came out, which a lot of people are saying, "Hey, yeah. you gotta check that out, right?" Omno came out. Yeah, that's and, I like, got gameplay for that on right now. It's uh, fun. It's yeah, fun. it's it's surprise game. It's like, oh my gosh, this is actually really good. You know. Um, then we have all the big hitters coming, right? We got Hades, yeah, game, game of the year winner coming to Game Pass. You know, um, twelve minutes. Coming. So, twelve minutes. Yeah, dude, it's crazy. If you really think about everything that's about to hit in the next month, two months, three months, and then four, mm-hmm. it's just it's staggering because I literally like Flight Sim came out yeah. just a few weeks ago, and I like you. Go, we were talking about this before, right? Um, and you guys are on the intros a little bit. I was not expecting to actually have fun with this game. I expected it to be something I was going to say, okay, this is cool. I'm just going to check it out. Man, I was like, I actually really enjoy playing that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's taking up time as well. So you got Forza Horizon 5. As yeah. well. It's it's absolutely bananas the, what they have lined up. The crazy thing to think mm-hmm. is this is the beginning of what they've been working for. Right? So this is going to be the way it is going forward. With these releases and all of these big first-party titles, that's that's what they've been working for. We're just seeing the the finally, like we've been on this like 
roller coaster that's been ramping up, right? We've been like ticket, 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 ticket. You know, we've reached that mm-hmm. we've reached that apex, you know, and now we're gonna have the the ride of our lives over the next few years um, with everything that they've been working for, and we're on the cusp of it right now. It's it's just started. I think I would say with flight sim, maybe kicking it off. So um, they're just hitting it on the nail on the head. It, games like these indie games that they're going to be announcing and showing off um are just icing on the cake man like it's it's filling in all those gaps for us but giving us all these great great games to play yeah they definitely need to take some notes from nintendo in this area only is hey when they run those indie sizzle reels do it that way then do the treehouse stuff you want after. to do after in the interviews after immediately after so people like if they want to watch that they can just jump right to it when that sizzle reel ends that's all you got to do and then people yeah. can de- decide if they want to stream it other than hey i'm gonna sit here and stream this for four hours <laughs> just to get to the end of the show and see what else there is to see yeah well that was a big criticism of the first show it was, it was four hours um but I had asked and then talked to some people about that, and there was some interesting debate on that. You know, a lot of these developers, this is their first time being shown or showing off of a game or being even introduced to the public. Um, so they kind of did that on purpose because uh, you're right. That's probably the way to do it is show the, is uh, you know, the sizzle wheel and get all the good stuff out of the the. Uh, way so when the people come on to talk basically you me and everyone else will turn off the show you know that's what they so they know that so in a way they strung us along last time because they do want to highlight some of the people and some of the people do want to get recognized because this is kind of like their first you know step into for a lot of the developers uh, you know, stardom or recognize, you know, recognizability. So I think that they did that, but they definitely you can't have it four hours. Yeah. Maybe if you want to do something like that, where you want to kind of highlight them or highlight the people that are working on the game, um, you know, while you still have an audience, uh, just do it quick. Just have it quicker, or you know, have them maybe talk and then show the game while they're talking, um, and get it over with because. Uh, that was the biggest. Uh, people loved the show last time, but they were like four hours, and they're like, "You're kidding me!" You know, it was like ridiculous. Because mm-hmm. people are just gonna not watch it, and then they're not gonna see it, and they're not gonna see some of those games because they know it's gonna be a four-hour show. I'm like, I'm just not gonna watch it. I'll check Wario sixty-four. Maybe they'll post them. Like, here's what happened in this, and then you're gonna just glance at it. That kind of looks cool, but I didn't see it in action. So let me just skip over that. And people are just not going to watch it, and you're not going to see the game. It's going to like do the opposite of what they, I think, intended. But uh, that's why I did. I just saw like the uh, like the best of like uh, YouTube YouTubers just doing that because I'm not going to watch a four hour stream. So I hope hopefully they find a happy middle here on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hope they took our input from uh, the show from a few months ago because that was, uh, while, again, I do understand that they want to highlight certain developers and they do deserve a time to shine on their own and uh, showcase their games and their studio. At the same time, it, it 
like for for us like fans to actually like watch that stuff like it can be a real drag on and it's not even like just making a negative comment that's just how it is that, that's how it is because you know just you know human nature like our retention for that long period of time just you know it's not gonna happen right like you know sitting through like a four-hour movie i'm gonna like space it out so uh I don't know. We'll see what happens, guys. I just hope they took our input with that. And uh, I'm looking forward to the show. All kinds of really good indie games coming out recently. And uh, I know a few people have said so in the chat. Uh, looking forward to it. I'm just, hey, I'm uh, really looking to uh, see some release dates, some more gameplay, and so on. So uh, we only got a couple of days to wait. Um, all right, guys. I think we'll move on to a little bit of uh, hardware news, so to speak. And Xbox has announced another brand new controller. It's called the Aqua Shift, and it's very, I want to say, oceany. Has like a shade of blue to it. Uh, I, I think it's a nice looking controller. I believe it has some uh, wavy patterns on the back of it. Uh, yeah, I, I, it looks like a pretty cool looking controller. Uh, Shockley, but I know you enjoy uh, picking up the occasional uh, controller. You're a bit of a collector. Uh, what do you think of this uh, latest special edition controller? Yeah, it looks pretty sick. That definitely one, that one definitely caught my eye. So um, definitely probably going to use my uh, saved up re reward points <laughs> that I've been uh, earning this year. Um, pretty much have enough to cover it. So and you can just buy it from right from the uh, dashboard. Um, but yeah, that one looks pretty sick. Um, and then yeah, I, I don't understand every time they announce a controller. Um, Everybody's like, oh, my God, more controllers than games like that's I don't understand. Why is that a negative? I wish I wish I could have more than one actual color for my PS5 other than, hey, here's magenta. Really? So I have a black and white controller for my PS5. Those those were my options because I wasn't buying magenta. So that's what I spent, you know, for those $70 controllers. Mm -hmm. Um I wish I could have the color options. People, th I don't know if they think that the people that are in the hardware uh, side of Xbox that are making that, like they're still trying to acquire new studios and build new studios. So they just haven't found those right ones yet. So they're actively, it's a separate money pool. <laughs> so that that's not like taking away, hey, that money that went to that controller would have made a game. No, that's not how that works. <laughs> so that's, I don't understand that like every time they announce a controller it's like oh my god controllers no games i'm like they're gonna have what halo forza uh dropping this this holiday and they're probably gonna have some heavy hitters dropping in you know game pass hopefully mm -hmm. we hear with crossfire x like you were talking about earlier it was supposed to come out like december 2020 um so hopefully that drops sometime soon so they could definitely have quite a few heavy hitters and they're gonna have you know, games, you know, galore mm -hmm. dropping in, in Game Pass especially. But I I just don't understand that criticism that doesn't – that's not a negative. Mm -hmm. <laughs> just because you have more controllers, yeah, that's going to be a given. It's plastic. I can just make it. They've done – like Xbox has done everything. They they did everything that we asked them as far as in the game department. They, they're, they put all the pieces in place. It's just you you can't make a game – in the same time span that, hey, Sony could make another color. They could print that right out now and have it out next month. But they don't. 
they have the ability, whereas Xbox doesn't have the ability just, hey, we have five games out from our first party. Like, that's not how games are made. Mm-hmm. Criticize, you should be criticizing Sony. Each one of those people that says that, they should criticize Sony like, hey, can we have more than one one actual color of magenta? Come on. Really? You had all those colors on the PS DualShock, cooled colors with the DualShock uh, 4, and then nothing. It's almost a year, and we have magenta. Come on. <laughs> well, yeah, you're right about uh, just the ability to have some options here. I mean, I, I think it's a pretty good-looking controller overall. As uh, Kratos here says in the, the chat, uh, I love it. It has rubberized handles as well. Yeah, a lot of people are glossing over that. Uh, I just I, I really like the design of it. That's the thing about the controllers, guys. I, I really like it when Xbox uh, goes all out. I mean, I know they, they used to do this with their uh, their big brands. Uh, I would like to see it done more with actually a lot of their IP. I remember when Halo 3 came out. I, I guess Halo Reach as well and Halo 4, but Halo 3 specifically. Um, I was there at the midnight launch, and I picked up two special edition controllers. That It, it was artwork uh, for Halo 3 uh, controllers done by Todd McFarlane if I'm not mistaken, and they had different designs on them. I just thought they were really badass, and that really incentivized me to pick it up because it was just like something a little extra, a little extra personality, and that's what I like seeing from these brands. Uh, Is anybody here on the panel uh, planning on picking this uh, controller up when it comes out? I think it comes out August 31st. I want to. Yeah, me too. (laughs) It's a nice-looking controller. I have so many, you know. It's so, so, it's so true. Uh, I got my. I just got two design lab, or I got a design lab for my daughter. I got a design lab for my wife. I got a design lab for me, and I didn't need one. I just wanted it because it's awesome, yeah. right? And I got the shock blue. Then I got the one that came with the system, you know. Yeah. And I think I had bought another one when I got the system just to have an extra one, right? Like so, it's uh. Yeah, I got like five of them. Then I still got on my Xbox One controllers, which hey, they work on the Series X, right? So, um, yeah, it, dude, I got so many, but I want it because it looks awesome, and I can't help myself. So I don't know what I'm gonna do. I'll, I'm gonna get it eventually, probably. <laughs> I'm I'm holding out uh, for uh, Halo Infinite. I, I just know I, yeah. I it's a gut feeling they're gonna make a, make a, a Halo custom controller for that. I'm holding out for that. So. People are carrying this uh, Cortana controller, so maybe this is it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, personally, for me, I, I have so many controllers, um, but this one's really nice. It is. So, it, so it's like it's kind of like funny. I mean, Xbox knows what they're doing. They're putting out these really good combination-looking, you know, uh, controllers, and, and it's nice. I remember back in the day when. When Xbox would, would put these pretty cool controllers out, and people would be outraged. They'd be like, "You're putting out another controller, not a game." And it was like, uh, you know, it was it was it was always you know bent with that. But now it's kind of cool that they can just come out and be judged for what it is. And uh, yeah, I mean, I might get it. It depends. It, it, I'm, I'm like, I might go into PC Richards and see if they have it. And you know, buy it on uh, buy it on an impulse buy or something like that. But I have so many controllers; it's like too, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm trying to I hold off a fun bit. With this stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got the they got the uh, mini fridge thing too, right? Oh, I mean, it's like I cool to have fun with this stuff. I, I'm surprised 
they haven't announced the Craig controller yet. Do you think we'll get that with Halo Infinite? Uh, yeah. like, I don't uh, know. Yeah, like, maybe possibility. I, I like personally, like I know that they kind of embrace it, but I also think they want to get away from that as well. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. Um, I'd buy it. I well, depending on how it looked, but uh, like I, I, I don't know. Personally, <laughs> well, be ugly. That's gonna be the point, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. You got to make it like purposefully ugly. Oh man, well you may as well have a Mr. Chief controller while you're at it. <laughs> hey, Craig on one side, Mr. Chief on the other. Make it in a, an option in the design lab, and 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 now you're talking. Oh, like yeah, to put your own like not just colors but images too. Now that would be something. Oh man. Oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, but then everybody would just make like dick pic controllers. <laughs> oh man that would be good it would be no i will obviously they'd have a filter or something i'm just kidding but uh man oh man uh no i i think it's a good looking controller honestly like i don't know like i i don't know like i just like kind of like what mld was saying i'm kind of waiting until i see like some announcement for like a halo infinite controller because you you know that that's going to be coming i i would assume so um mm -hmm. but uh, they're gonna go all out but uh, either way, I mean, I like the options. Nothing wrong with having that. And these are limited edition things anyways. Uh, I liked the camo one that came out a few months back. And they look, they do look really sharp. And this one is, uh, you know, it's definitely this uh, like same thing. It looks really nice, really sharp. And uh, whoever's behind designing all these controllers, I got to give props to. Really, really cool. Um... But yeah, guys, I think on that note, because, you know, we can only talk so much about uh, Leia's controller, but definitely it was definitely something to uh, discuss. I think we'll move on to the last bit of news for tonight, and it's a very interesting one at that. And it seems like the checkbooks are open, and it's acquisition season. Um, I know a few different uh, commentators, YouTubers joke about that, but... It's true, and a few days ago, Embracer Group announced the acquisition of not just one, two, three, eight game studios. Now, some of you may be familiar with a, a few of them. Uh, 3D Realms, that's a pretty uh, old studio. Uh, Ghost Ship Games, Crazy Labs, Easy Trigger, Deca Games, DigiX Art. Slipgate Ironworks and Forest Field. Some of these I'm not too familiar with. I actually had to look them up because they're either so small or whatnot, or they're just not like some of them are, are mobile studios, but eh, a few of them are interesting. Uh, certainly a lot of names to list off of there, but uh, let's get down into this. MLD, what do you think of these buys for Embracer? Because they've been gobbling up everything. It's definitely an interesting time in the industry right now. I think it's just a time of consolidation. Uh, anyone who can be bought up is being bought up. Uh, these developers in particular, uh, in my experience, I haven't heard of any of them except for 3D Realms, of course, you know, with uh, Duke Nukem. Mm -hmm. uh, Ghost Ship Games, I I looked at, they made Deep Rock Galactic, which was that co-op shooter Dude. on Game Pass. I, I didn't play it, but at least they're somewhat known for that. The rest just seem, uh, you know, the small guys with potential. But it just, it, it's, it's just a, you know, a lot, of, a lot of buyouts have been happening right now. I think uh, the developer that made Streets of Rage Four, they got picked up. Uh, Sony, of course, they, they did their pickups, and like I think for Xbox, it's like I, I'm, I'm just, I'm just waiting. 
Like, uh, I mean, I know it's coming. It's just, it's just when. Like, uh, give me a sign because in Microsoft's earnings report, they just they specifically said to shareholders that it's in their 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 yearly plan to expand. They're going to expand their their studio portfolio. So it's just a matter of just uh, like the. T- I know they're waiting for the right time because Bethesda that was announced like surprisingly uh, surprising everybody in what September I think. So I think. May, hopefully we'll, we hear something then, but um, yeah, it just looks like uh, something's happening. There's something in the wind that we just don't really see yet. The us, the end gamers here, like people are building up their their repertoire for something. Maybe, maybe it's like a, a, a competing uh, ser- streaming service, not streaming. Maybe maybe streaming service, but maybe like everyone's gonna try and copy Game Pass, like how everyone tried to copy Netflix lately. Maybe it's something like that. Like that, I'm just speculating, but uh, I mean, if these are the are the devs that are getting bought out, I can only imagine what Xbox and Microsoft are looking at with their checkbook. It's just uh, again, it's just a matter of when. Like, and I, I I can't wait to hear to, to wake up one day, open my phone, and see that they picked up someone that will just make the internet go nuts. So mm-hmm. it, it's a really interesting time to say the least. Well, can I can I ask Tim Dog a question real quick? Go ahead. Have you heard of the Artifact Studio rumors going around? So what's that rumor? Oh, okay. It's about uh, I I had uh, in our group DM I had dropped it that uh, like an insider or whatever a guy with like you know he knows some people. Hey, sometimes he gets it right. Um, somebody was saying that uh, Bethesda is uh, making a new internal studio or Xbox yeah, or yeah, whatever, yeah. and it's gonna be called Artifact Studios, and it's it's gonna be for the purpose of uh, remaking or remastering uh, IP, old IPs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I guess that, is, is there any truth to that? Yeah. Yeah, I was curious because Tim Dog hears some things sometimes. You know what I mean? If 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 he had heard anything like that, that'd be very interesting to me because it, supposedly the studio would be under Bethesda, right? Um, which is intriguing. And then also, if that di- was a true thing, what IPs would they be um, responsible for? Would they be able to dive into any of the uh, Xbox IPs, right? Uh, I would think so. So... Uh, that was intriguing, but yeah, going go to what uh, you were saying about like the, uh, I think Xbox is probably right there on the cusp but, but to make another announcement. Um, I, I, the question is, is how many or like how big of an announcement is it going to be, right? Because um, they've always they've kept saying they are investing in new studio. It's even in their earnings report. Exactly. Yeah. Um, that says that right so embracers growing sony's growing ea's growing you know all of these studios all of these publishers are growing and xbox has said that they're not done well there's been yeah rumors and rumors upon rumors uh that we thought something was going to happen at e3 and uh i think it's probably going to happen within the next month or two where we get some kind of an announcement. I'm just curious what, what, how big it's going to be. Mm-hmm. It's funny. If the artifact rumor is true, Xbox is the real leader in organic growth. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. 
Well, you think about how many, uh, like, you look at the uh, the job hirings uh, going on right now across Xbox Game Studios, and it's insane. Like, they're growing these uh, studios at an insane rate, gathering all kinds of talent, and then they also want to uh, create new studios internally. Actually, in fact, they're probably going to have to create a couple of them because, you know, everyone's like, oh, where's, you know, my new killer instinct? And they're having a hard time finding a studio for that or, you know, just like different studios to cover, uh, you know, different genres, different aspects of gaming. And uh, they might have to do some internally. And yet for even remastering IP, I mean, look at Sony too. Sony recently uh, picked up uh, a studio for just for the sake of PC porting their IP, right? So there, you know, there's a lot of different acquisitions going on here and a lot of different strategies. Uh, going back to Embracer, though, they've been buying everything. I know it's like some studios may seem insignificant, but remember, they're the ones who bought Gearbox, freaking Gearbox. Yeah. They, buy right. they pretty much leave people alone, don't they? You know what I mean? They kind of let them do their thing and just kind of fun stuff. Or, or are they really hands-on? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're... Well, as far as I know, they, uh, they're they pretty hands-off. Uh, not too... like What was that? Like a month ago or a couple months ago, they bought Saber Interactive as well. They have everything under uh, THQ. Uh, Deep... Oh, yeah, and they bought Deep Silver not too long ago as well. Yeah. Like that's right. They make a lot of good PC games, like strategy games. Yeah, right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So people forget the amount of IP that is now under them. So that's why with these different, uh, okay, they picked up a bunch of smaller indie studios, um, but it kind of makes you wonder if they're gonna be uh, starting like their own service. I mean, I don't think they're going to be starting their own console or anything like that. The the embrace box or something like that. But um, actually, that sounds kind of weird now that I say it out loud. Um, but um, you know, they're getting pretty big. You know, like it's uh, it's pretty insane as far as and then. Uh, MLD, you mentioned uh, Focus Home. They picked up a pretty uh, notable. Uh, indie studio, the uh, makers of Streets of Rage 4. You know, they got some nice talent to add there as well. So everybody's uh, loading up and picking up different talent from a variety of studios. It's insane right now uh, what's going on in the industry. Um, I don't know, like... uh, do you guys, like, I know I realized that with E3, I was actually, I was kind of wondering with Xbox if we were we were going to hear any acquisitions, but I think it made sense to give uh, Bethesda their time to shine now that they're under Xbox and to give them a good showing there, to give them the all the news. Now I'm kind of wondering if we'll be hearing something, uh, you know, in the next month or two if they picked up somebody. Like you, uh, like you said, Mav, like they're... They're still going out there. It's in their earnings that they they want to pick up more studios. Who could it be? I, you know, it's anyone's guess, really. Like Mav, ideally, who would you like to see Xbox pick up? Sega. Sega. Yep. <laughs> I don't know if it would be possible or not, but that's just the. It's just what I want, man. Like, but Sega has a lot more than just what people are thinking of it's not just sonic and stuff you know what i mean they have creative assembly as part yeah. of the state. 
mm-hmm. right? So Creative Assembly also mm-hmm. made Halo Wars. Yes. Okay. Like, uh, the, and they also have all these RTS games that are just great for PC and stuff. It just makes a, there's a lot of things about Sega other than just some of the old IPs that make a lot of sense for Xbox. And uh, it's that's the one I would go for, right? If I was if I was them, it, now a lot of people make a lot about the Japanese thing, and you know, can can it happen? I I don't know. I don't know about any of that stuff, right? So. But I do know that Sega has been making moves that has been splitting off and changing the infrastructure of their businesses to uh, may- maybe potentially that would make them more acquirable. I-, I don't know. But it just seems like that with that history that they've always had together, dating back to the Dreamcast, um, it would be something that would make sense if it was to be a, another large entity right um so right. and I, I i would love to see that happen uh, like just for gaming i think it would be the best thing for both companies personally mm-hmm. yeah sega is also my top pick but it's, i think it's even <laughs> than that is japanese supports pc support but it's also even the backlog like imagine all of their backlog games stretching all the way back to the genesis are added onto Game Pass and will stay on Game Pass. Like, you have gaming history that predates Sony entering the market. Like, you get a lot of, uh, of, of history on, uh, that, will, that will essentially only be accessed on Xbox for newer, for newer gamers and older ones that want that nostalgic fix. I think, yeah, it's a long shot with Sega, but that would just be the big... It would, just, it would check off all the boxes of what Xbox needs. Like the film, yeah. Mm-hmm. For, for me, it's um, Never Realm mm. and maybe Rocksteady. Like, if you could, if they're actually individually selling like that, I think uh, Never Realm just makes too much sense with the fact that um, they have Killer Instinct and they can make that Killer Instinct versus Mortal Kombat game. Uh, not necessarily wouldn't have to also be a exclusive play. I could see them getting them and, you know, maybe giving Xbox a little exclusivity, but not full exclusivity. That'd be another tale. I think right now, as far as exclusivity and, and everything, Xbox has gotten themselves in a really strong position. You don't need overkill. Uh, Sega, obviously huge would make would would just pretty much end all the talk because it's all they'll need to do mm. uh but i just don't know how feasible it is how realistic it is and yeah. um <clears throat> you know i mean i also like the idea of you know phil talked about getting uh studios that are more you know uh everyone uh, or talked about everyone um genre games i think i do think xbox should have a little more variety with the kids games uh even though it's not for this panel most likely we probably would like it but you need mm-hmm. you need some type of uh, uh it's nice to have a, a a kid mascot or something to go along whether it's banjo or a new ip so one of those studios maybe uh uh you know one of those studios i think the studio that made um 
forgot the name of it. Uh, Are you talking about the Super Lucky Tail Studio? Yeah, yeah, they're, they're possible. Yeah, yeah. it doesn't have to be huge. I think at this point they could do anything that they want. It doesn't have to be huge. The Bethesda deal was the deal. By the way, Bethesda is still growing and adding studios. I think I think they're talking about adding another one. Mm. Um, but they've been hiring like crazy. There's still unannounced games coming from Bethesda. But Bethesda was the was the the you know it was the closer. It was the deal that said shut the hell up. No more game talk. And that happens, you know. And obviously, they did the smart thing. If they had kept these games multi-plat, if Phil had wanted to, you know, breach an olive, uh, uh, whatever the, breach an olive breach or whatever that's called. Uh, I forgot olive to branch. how the olive branch. <laughs> <laughs> um, that would have been a big mistake. So, uh, you know, I think that the momentum that they have now, they wouldn't have if they had, made that mistake you could really see and, and i don't like this per se but i do notice it and i've been on the other end of it but people are really starting to see the value that xbox giving the 70 dollar price tag hurts sony it's always going to be a kicking point especially when you have games like halo 60 dollars forza horizon 60 dollars um and you know game pass value and then you see these mistakes that Sony's make. Sony's honestly not getting a free ride anymore. They are starting to get, you know, criticized. And I do think that that's going to continue throughout this holiday because they kind of have a weak lineup. And I think Xbox is kind of, you know, it's just with Game Pass and the games that are lined up and the way it's been going, uh, I, I could see a real solid positive momentum push towards xbox and on the other side kind of a lot of question of what sony's doing um you know sony has been you know given this uh you know they've been always considered you know untouchable or or you know the media wouldn't go after them or they'd be afraid to or whatever the case may be i don't think that's the case anymore i think that they're you know um their targets. I mean, even I thought Destin's video, uh, Dust, uh, Destin Longoria's video from IGN about how the $70 price tag, and he talked about value and he talked about things, really was a video that um, pointed out a, a lot of truths. And, you know, I just think that, that people are more apt to, to go after Sony now because Sony's just not killing it like they, they had been. And now Xbox has really started to flex its muscles. And there's a lot of things that are going on with Xbox that, that Sony doesn't have, whether it's uh, game. They have PSN now, but it's not like Game Pass. Let's be honest. It's not even close. Um, it doesn't have the traction. It doesn't have day and date. Uh, also, Xbox with xCloud, um, you know, and all these things that they're offering um, <laughs> and the push that they're doing is really starting to get noticed. So my point is, is that they can do anything wherever they want to go. And uh, I just hope that they do that. They don't have to fear anything. They can get super lucky tail dev, or they can get, mm -hmm. um, you know, paradox was one of the, the, yeah. the, one of the developers that they talked about. But uh, overall, I think that it's a very 
good position and fun time to talk about it. But I don't think anything's going to happen imminently. I, I, I do think that an acquisition could hold out until could get done behind the scenes and get announced at another uh, Xbox show. Mm-hmm. Now, I think uh, S- Sega would be like probably the smartest play in that it's going to like if they were to get because like, Sega has Atlas, that's a huge JRPG like juggernaut. So if they had that under their wing, had those games flooded to say like Game Pass, it gets kind of their base, their hardcore base that maybe isn't you know, hasn't really played some of those games or just hasn't dabbled in them, gets them like, oh, these are... And they've kind of started to do that with, like, the uh, Dragon Quest and 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 Final Fantasy games that have been kind of flooded in Yakuza's. Um, but I think that would just help having that in your back pocket as your first-party studio. And then games like... That was kind of talked about this week, like uh, uh, Ace Attorney... That, I guess selling low lump numbers on Xbox. Heck, I didn't even know it was on Xbox. I didn't even know it was on PlayStation. Um, but a lot of those gamers for Nintendo, because it's like a Nintendo like published game for the DS and the 3DS, a lot of those gamers, well, they have to buy... So Nintendo hasn't really been a big player in third party um, for uh, quite a long time. So they have some of those Nintendo gamers mains they can't be a main because they have to get a second console because they have to be able to play some of these, you know, bigger games that don't touch their console, like the newer Final Fantasies, because they're not going to get downgraded uh, to like the Switch or they're not going to spend the resources to try to get it downgraded to the Switch. So they have to. So obviously, a lot of those gamers are going to gravitate. OK, well, let me just buy a PlayStation and so that's where it might do numbers on PlayStation because some of those gamers are just Nintendo gamers that just decide to get on PlayStation. So they, they kind of gravitate towards that, whereas a lot of uh, Switch owners that when they get that second console might not be thinking, you know, buying a uh, hardcore Nintendo fans might, might, might not be thinking to buy Xbox. So obviously it's going to do numbers on that and then maybe not so much on Xbox because a lot of Xbox gamers don't, didn't have it maybe a, a ds and didn't touch that game um mm-hmm. so but it but when those games get skipped from xbox because they do lose some of those like the used games um you know that are pretty good they get just completely skipped but the switch gets it and the switch can barely run it or can't really run it at all like the newest used game that just came out it runs atrociously but it goes to that platform but doesn't come to xbox so that's where that kind of could help because then it's like, oh, wow, all these gamers are either spending money on this first party studio like Atlas Games, Persona Games coming to Xbox, say exclusively or just flooded on Game Pass. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, OK, this is a, definitely a viable. There's no reason for us to skip a Yeez game or some of these other more niche J- JRPGs because now they're playing a lot of these constantly. So that that could just help their whole gaming you know, fan base and morale and get them into that genre that which they may have never touched. Right. Tim, I don't know if you heard Mav's uh, question earlier. Um, There's this uh, rumor, uh, I guess it started on Twitter a few days ago, about Artifact Studios. Um, uh, Supposedly, there's a rumor about going around about Bethesda creating an internal studio to deal with... uh, IP yeah. remakes and remasters. Have you heard anything about that? 
I do know the source of that. That was a, a Twitter user. Um, I forgot. I used to follow him. He he does a lot of. He's very big into um, Bethesda, and he and he follows like Starfield. He had broken through some some Starfield uh, picks. Remember they they came out. Yeah, Skullzy. And uh, he first reported on it. Um, what I could tell you is, is that it's probably not that, but I do know, I've heard rumblings that Bethesda really has been on a um, hiring uh, rampage, and uh, that may be questions to, well, you know, what they might be doing something. So I do think it's possible. Um, it makes sense, to be honest. Uh, just to have like a uh, like a blue point type studio within the Bethesda, you know, um, in the Bethesda umbrella because they have so many IPs that they could do that with, and you know, take a you know uh, you know from take a a page from the Sony playbook. Uh, you know, those games, those remakes, uh, you know, from games that are beloved. Uh, do very well. So while I don't think that it, it, anything is eminent or anything that that um, you know uh, is really happening, I do think that that reason why he might have said that is because I do hear that Bethesda is um, just overall very aggressive uh, in hiring, and uh, they seem to be up to doing a lot. Uh, they've gotten a lot of. Uh, uh, respect within Xbox and, you know, um, overall, because quite frankly, you want to point to a real changing point to Xbox and the trajectory that where it was going. Once they acquired Bethesda, it became a different story. Once they announced exclusivity, it became a different story. And once they kind of like showed Starfield and their E3, uh, you know, uh, Microsoft take notice. So I do think that uh, Bethesda has um, a lot of pull, and I think that their you know their ambitions are big. And who knows? It could be it could be another studio within themselves um, that they're growing. You know, there has been rumors, um, but like I said, I just think that. They're they're an eye they're an eye of you know we talk about acquisitions and all this stuff, you know mm-hmm. you can also do what the initiative did and uh, you know uh, other studios you can create a studio within itself and that wouldn't be hard to do um, the artifact idea or, or or the thing that was presented by Skullax, think about it you don't need a specific set of developers and you have um, all the talent really within Bethesda that you can, you know, if you you can take a person that's from like let's say id, mm-hmm. and you can move them and you can make them the head of the studio and uh, you know or, or 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 one of the founders of the studio or um, and you take another guy from uh, Bethesda Softworks and. You make him a, a high-ranking position, and then they can oversee it. And obviously, they know how the games have been made. And if it's existing IP and it's basically porting over, you can, 
you can get many developers easily. You could build that studio pretty quickly, and there's no, you know, there's none of this uh, IP creation. Like with Initiative, it took a long time because they had to come up with an idea. They had to come up with certain specific talents. Here, you you already know the roadmap. You're going to remake. What would be a remake? Quake. Uh, A modern, uh, uh, you know, you whatever you want to say mm-hmm. take an ip and you could you have the idea you have the you have the mechanics there you have everything that you just have to remake and rebuild and you know you take the sony playbook blue point what they do and it's pretty fast forward um you know uh i think blue point would be perfect acquisition actually <laughs> for xbox because you could just throw them under bethesda and then do something similar to that. So, but the overall point is, is that, you know, while we might not have have, you know, acquisitions announced and stuff from 2018, Xbox has been super aggressive in hiring and I've covered this over and over. Uh, they've been hiring people within all the studios, uh, studios like compulsion said they didn't want to be small. They grew, they got their own. Now they get, now they're going to have their own, uh, location and studio, and they're gonna have 120, supposedly 120 developers. You're talking that was a studio f- with 45 developers. I'm so curious yeah. what they're working on, Tim. Yeah, so me too. So, but the fact is, is that uh, they're being very aggressive, and um, you know, I, I do think that Xbox has a lot of things on the table, but they also have probably developers throwing themselves out at, at themselves too because. They could see, you look at what happened with Psychonauts, that game went from being probably a cool game, okay game, to a different story because they had the backing of Microsoft. Developers take notice. They've noticed. So um, there are probably a lot of opportunities, but it's, you know, it's, it's foolish to just go into something like that and, you know, not, you know, not be conservative. And I think Phil... And, you know, I think Phil and, and everyone at Xbox or that's in position for this, uh, they like the idea of growing organically, as as uh, some have others said. And they have been doing it, and they've been doing it really a lot for a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, just, um, again, with all these acquisitions going on, it seems like... Uh, I, I kind of want to say that Xbox kind of triggered all of this. I think the uh, Bethesda Zenimax acquisition really uh, shocked, you know, sent like a shockwave throughout the industry and, uh, you know, really made a lot of publishers not nervous, but, you know, just kind of look at the landscape of things and be like, yeah, you know, it'd be a good idea to, uh, you know, just start Supposedly this... Not to not to interrupt, but to your point, supposedly the story of uh, Phil Harrison saying he's out after learning about the Bethesda deal is actually true. Wow! So you know um, that just goes to show you, you know that that was such a huge deal, and you can see how huge it is still paying dividends to this day. You know, Xbox had a lot of narratives that were poking at them, and people would just you know, you'd have certain people who just would constantly push at it. Like I said in a tweet a couple of days ago, it's very hard to poke holes in Xbox right now. It's like, wow, you know, we knew this time was going to come. 
And I told people that, you know, were saying, oh, counting days without exclusives uh, was foolish because the time's coming. And now we're in the midst of, you know, even though some of them are triple A, uh, you know, double A or, or indies, you've gotten the Death's Door, Ascent. You got Death's Door's Ascent, Flight Simulator, which is awesome. Uh, Psychonauts, 12 Minutes, The Artful Escape, Halo, Forza, Forza Horizon, and then Shredders to the end of the year. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's that's a lot of games, you know, and it's a lot of a lot of uh, you know a lot of it's there's a lot of notoriety with that. Yeah. Hey Tim, it's okay though because they still have their watermelons. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! You see now, now you're making me want to go get some watermelon. Damn, um, yeah. refreshing. I'm, uh, yeah, especially in the heat. Don't get the Halo ones though; those ones are bad. Make sure you get the ones from Call of Duty. All right, now I'm just gonna make a margarita. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Um, I think unless anybody has anything else to add to this, anyone? No, all right. Um, I think on that note, uh, I believe we'll we'll end off the night and uh, close things off. Uh, to everyone that joined us live tonight, thank you for tuning in. Um, if you happen to enjoy our banter tonight, hey, consider dropping a like, subbing to the channel, and share this out across various forms of social media. Uh, we covered a myriad of things from the Halo Infinite uh, tech preview, uh, courtesy of our buddy Mav here. A new uh, Xbox Indie Showcase, Embracer, uh, gobbling up multiple studios, and much, much more. Uh, you know, I gotta say, really fun show tonight. Very, very enjoyable conversations. Uh, but hey, you know what? On that, let's get to the outros. And I'll start off with our guest, Mav Buddy. Thank you for coming on again. It's been a real blast. Uh, where can everybody follow you at, bud? Hey, yeah, thanks for uh, having me again. It was great talking to everybody here. Um, Halo's awesome. Okay. Twitter. You can find me at Fun Speculation. We can check out all the updates for our channel, uh, which is on YouTube, and which is also called Fun Speculation, where we have the Xbox Ultimate podcast on Friday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern. Also, uh, coming back, not this coming week, but the week after, will be fun pop podcast which is wednesday nights at 10 p.m eastern and we talk on that one we talk marvel dc movies tv shows and more um and also me, me and my wife kind of do this thing on saturdays occasionally called the mav and fancy show where we just kind of talk about whatever food <laughs> and and just nonsense um and then catch me streaming guys i love hanging out with people when i'm playing games so you'll you'll see me doing that quite a bit. So stop on over to Fun Speculation and say hello if you ever have a chance. So again, I appreciate it, every everybody here. Thank you so much. And the chat was awesome. Oh, totally, totally. Yeah, and shout out to Caitlin too. I saw she was pretty active in the uh, the chat there, uh, making some interesting commentary. Thanks for joining us, Caitlin. Um, but yeah, guys, uh, thank you, Mav, for joining us. Uh, moving on over to the TXR crew. I'll start with MLD. But really, really strong show tonight. Where can listeners find you at? Thank you, thank you. Twitter is at MLD Ghost. YouTube is General MLD. 
Always love uh, talking Xbox, uh, loving what they're doing. And uh, this is going to be yet another great month with uh, the Indie Showcase, QuakeCon, Gamescom. There's just so much to look forward to. And uh, yeah, looking forward to the next chat. Indeed, my friend, indeed. Uh, Tim Dog, buddy, great perspectives, uh, dialogue <clears throat> as always. Where can everybody follow you at? xcloud tim dog on uh twitter on also on xbox if you want to play xbox you can send me a message uh from in the area or playing a game that's multiplat or multiplayer i definitely will uh possibly entertain it been playing dodgeball academia um give it a try it's a funny game and it's on game pass uh Thank you uh, for fun speculations for showing up. Great job. Excellent insight on Halo and uh, real detailed and uh, good good perspective also on that. Uh, thank you for that. And I'll see you next week. Yeah, so I was looking at the game right now, Tim. I, I'll, I might download it, uh, this Dodgeball Academia. I'll give it a shot. I've uh, never heard of that one. Man. I got to check it out. Let's yeah. Right now. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I'll give it a go. Uh, moving on down the list here. Shockley, buddy. Eric, good comments tonight. Uh, really good stuff. Where can everybody follow you? Yeah, as always, uh, you can follow me at ShockNero on Twitter, Easy Shock on Xbox Live. But yeah, good show tonight. Uh, thanks for our guests for joining in. Give us uh, some uh, needed insight on that Halo beta that none of us were lucky enough to attend. <laughs> Hopefully we have better luck next time. <laughs> Indeed, yeah. Sorry, guys. <laughs> well, hey, next time around, right? Uh, fingers yeah. crossed. Um, but yeah, no, good stuff, Shock. And uh, Centurion Buddy, uh, Mr. Arizona, my friend, always a fun time uh, with uh, you know you hanging with us. Where can everybody follow you at? Yes, gentlemen, it was an amazing Sunday night. I always enjoy being able to sit here, chit-chat, and listen to you guys, get all your opinions, and even learn some stuff tonight. I mean, I can't keep up with all the developers and publishers that there really are in the industry, and I mean, Shockley is definitely a plethora of information when it comes to some of the stuff that I missed, especially in retro gaming, so I always love listening to him talk about it. Um, thank you guys. Thank you, chat, everybody, for being here. I'm Centurion1307. You can find me on Twitter, Xbox Live, and YouTube at Centurion1307. You can also find me right here every Sunday night, right here on the TXR podcast with these amazing gentlemen. And we all know the other half. I normally say I'm on the shop podcast, but as of right now, the shop podcast is on vacation. I have no date of when it's going to return. Uh, definitely, um, my thoughts go out with PTK blam and all them. I know he had some things to take care of with his family. So definitely, uh, going to just be chilling for a while, doing more content and hanging out here with you guys more often. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, again, I hope that uh, stuff gets resolved. Uh, you know, good folks are over at the shop podcast. Hope uh, everything's good with PTK. Uh, so. Dude, I'll at least say like, he mm -hmm. was my first podcast ever. Um, you being my second, um, and I mean, the fact that I was able to meet PTK, uh, PTK and to find out he like lives in my neighborhood, it, it was a blessing in disguise in itself. So definitely, um, yeah, I can't, if, all he has to do is text me, DM me and say, we're starting this back up and I'll be right there. All right. 
Alrighty, yeah, well, uh, here's hoping. And uh, to round this out, uh, this is Invader, and you guys can find my content over on YouTube at Invader Gaming, also on a bunch of other content creation sites. Uh, check down below in the description. Fantastic show tonight, folks. Uh, we look forward to seeing you all here next weekend. Later, everyone.